Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Conti Fitness. Get the best in personal and online training and coaching, where you will find monthly online unlimited yoga packages, run training, play yoga, motivational speaking, and more. If that's not all, find out how to get the newest facial exercise program and manual. Let's face it together. Go to ContiFitness.net to find out more. High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with online health coaching sessions with High Five Health and Fitness. Also brought to you by Revolution Running. Join world-renowned Dr. Jason Karp for a workshop or certification near you. Author of Run Your Fat Off, Inner Runner, and so many more books. That's R-E-V-O-2-L-U-T-I-O-N, running.com. Also brought to you by 361 Degrees. For the best in athletic footwear and apparel, go one degree beyond with 361 Degrees. For codes and promos, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. I am pumped. We have just come off episode 39. Uh-huh. We're hitting 40. Yeah. We're going to hit 40. Fodies. Next week. We got some fodies. Oh, jeez. Great. <laughs> just exactly where we wanted to go with this health and fitness and awareness. And fodies. And fodies. Next week. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So... Crazy, crazy stuff going on. Amazing guests going forward, evolving. And uh, I got to tell you, I did I did my good deed of the day today already. What's that? So it's good luck, by the way. But this is like literally like the 12th time I've done this in my life. Driving my daughter to nursery school this morning. What's in the middle of the street? A turtle. A turtle. Uh-huh. Turtle. And I... And that person. Well, you're a Maryland Terrapin. I also, yes. And, t- and turtles are very, they're good luck. They're the earth, the wise, longevity. Okay. And the, uh, thought it related to our podcast, wrote, every day you should do something at least that, that's good. So, of course, what do I do? I pull over the side of the road. Lauren's like, what are you doing? Mommy. I'm like, hold on, sweetheart. I'll be right back. And I'm watching other cars and I'm like, please don't hit him. Please don't hit him. Please. And all he's going over. He's in the middle. So it goes, the cars have to drive right over the middle of them. And of course, I get out. I leave my doors open, flashers on. Middle, you know, pick up my turtle, put him in How the big woods. Was it? Uh, I mean, I just asked you. you can't this is a visual? Like a thing. small watermelon. I mean, yeah. it was a decent sized nice turtle. Nice sized turtle. Nice sized turtle. Where you know, I've I've done this in major highways before. Just yeah. to throw that out there. I a turtle. I mean, I, you you can't. When I see something, unless it's a snake, that that you're on oh, your own snake. It. Yeah. But anything else, I've chased ducks off the road. I've chased like. Bunnies. That is that's like, just so, me. on so many occasions as a kid, I picked up the turtle and put it in a box and brought it home, and <laughs> and like put lettuce in there, and oh. and then like a day later, it just reeked of just disgusting. You know, there was shit and <laughs> so nice of you to, to <laughs> but you know what I was looking. I was like, turtle. we got a turtle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, looking back, slavery. Not the best thing. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, in man. a box. In a box. Great. Great. I'm sure it had a wonderful time. But anyway, my whole thing was make sure you do something Save. good every day. Every day. Something good. Just one thing. Maybe you're saving a turtle. Not Maybe just one thing. If one well, thing, at least one thing. At I, least. We say aim for the stars, <laughs> fall on the moon. That's how, that's how it goes. Just one thing good. All right. Nothing more. 
Well, speaking of good things, who yeah. did we speak to last, or who who are we going to uh, talk about today? Well, today is uh, is Josh Sprague from Orange Mud. Yes. Yeah, very cool. He's uh, they've designed these. Uh, it's a company that designs hydration packs and just certain things for endurance athletes. Uh, you know, whether you're out on a bike or or running and trails and you know ultras and uh, you know they've got a real they've got a. Um, a, a good handle on uh you know comfortable ergonomically correct uh equipment to uh to help people out and and uh and you know stay hydrated along the way really cool they do seat wraps for your car so when you come in all sweaty and uh and it was just an interesting conversation you know he's uh, he's a, he's a very good guy he's an athlete himself he was coming off like back oh, to back he's a badass yeah. he's like oh, i just did a 100 and another and a, i mean he knows his stuff it's not just like oh i see what people need it's he's done it and he's out there to fill that void and you don't have to be a 200 100 endurance athlete to no. use this stuff i mean you could be out walking and not want to hold a water bottle or hold your keys or hold things and it's it really is very, uh, very comfortable and very smart way to to hydrate. Yeah, you'll hear it. He, he, you know, part of it was just getting away from the handheld things. You know that that are clumsy and and you know who wants to hold something when they're running, or you know, and certainly biking you can't. And then also getting away from the hip packs that are you know sloshy and bouncing around and uh, really and, attractive and, as well. And, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing These make my than, hips look big. Nothing better than a good fanny pack with eight <laughs> bottles around it of water. And, and you know what? To me, it's uh, you know, sure the events and and uh, you know we spend we spend the least amount of times doing our actual events, right? Most of the time is spent in training. So you know, it's a good way to uh, to stay hydrated and uh, and and carry your things with you. You know, there was pockets for cell phones and keys and things like that. Which you know, if you're maybe if you're doing a five k or something, you're not going to really be packing like this. But uh, you know, there's there's certainly enough events and 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 even with training you know uh you know i've run in certain areas where i know that there's going to be some hydration there and with this you can go anywhere so you know it's pretty cool and wait till you hear his story about when he was in hawaii and he designed (laughs) one of these specifically for um stand-up paddles um not only just racing but um he's going to tell you a story about why you definitely Mm. may need to bring some hydration with you just in case Something may happen that's while right. you're out there. So wait for that story because that's really funny as well. And what else? Um, I don't know. I, I just – it was – I just – I like him. I think he was great. I think he was real. He's kind of a rags-to-riches kind of – you know, I had an yeah. idea and I followed it through. Really, that American dream and we love that. I mean, I we love, love that. That struggle is what makes you who you are. And he talks about why Orange Mud will let him kind of explain that to you because we were like – what does this mean? It's a funky name. Because you figure your your hydration company, yet your orange mud. I don't want to drink orange Hashtag mud. Hashtag orange uh, mud. But yeah. Yet it, it works and it's really cool. So it's exciting. Yeah, I'm with it. So with that, let's uh, let's let you listen to it. Episode 39, Josh Sprague from Orange Mud. Peace.
is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you today? I'm awesome. It's great day. It's always a great day in Brian land. It that's is. for sure. I got a new pair of socks. They're Rasta with peace signs. I'm really liking them. Are they I got them at the, Walmart? Dis- the discount bin. No, I do shop at Walmart, though. That's where I got my my uh, Bob Ross Bob t-shirt. Ross t-shirt. <laughs> Good vibes only. It was fantastic. <laughs> Seven bucks. I found some titanium white paint in my drug the other day, and I thought of you. Thought of your shirt. Oh, yeah? Again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Oh, my gosh. So we are bringing to you... Another amazing guest today, and I'm excited for all of our listeners, all of you guys, to hear about Josh Sprague and all about his journey to kind of coming up with new ideas. And endurance athletes, you're going to freak today because, um, I mean, this obviously is for everyone, but you guys are really going to freak out about this because... We've got some great ideas for you, and I'm excited for Josh to really get into this and tell us how he's going to up your game, because Lord knows I need my game up. I've, Josh, I don't know if you mentioned, I'm doing an Ironman in July. I'm hoping not to Good die. Hoping not to die, and maybe this is going to be helpful information for me as well and everyone else out there. Um, but yeah. Josh, maybe. you created Orange Mud, correct? Yeah, I did. And what in the hell is that? <laughs> so we make fun stuff. So uh, actually, after my uh, second Ironman, I was tired of training with handhelds and uh, waist packs, that type of thing. So I uh, I decided to make my own hydration pack that mounted up high on my back, and, and it kind of took off from there. So yeah, we basically make fun lifestyle um, gear for endurance athletes, packs and gym bags and all kinds of stuff like that. Two Ironmans and you're still alive. How many altogether? No, I, I've only done two Ironman. Okay. Two Ironman, two That's half all. Ironman. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, I've done you know, hundreds of mountain bike races and ultras and marathons and all that sort of stuff. But um, the Ironman, yeah, it's a hard sport and it beats you up. It's just kind of a loner sport. It's my only beef with it. It's a little bit of a loner sport, you know? So it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible accomplishment. That's for sure. Wow. It's uh, it's it's all coming, Christine. It's you know, it's gonna happen. I'm a lo- Iron Man Lake Placid. You're I'm a, a loner, lo- Dottie. One man wolf pack over here. Yeah, man, Lobo. <laughs> so, Josh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up a country boy in Kansas, and uh, live in Colorado now. But yeah, I grew up a little hillbilly in Kansas years ago, and uh, still love my Kansas people. But uh, yeah, live in live in Colorado now in Castle Rock. Okay. All right. Now, now the name Orange Mud, is that anything to do with the terrain in Kansas or is that something that you came up with organically? How did that come? Yeah, it came up organically after about five glasses of wine. <laughs> and, uh, um, but yeah, so what happened is, is, um, my middle name is Clay. I always thought it was okay. a real cool name. And my, uh, when, when I came up with this idea, we had a three month old boy at the time named Jax, but I tried to name him Clay and my wife's like, no, you're your name's a stupid name, and we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do that. So, but I always thought Clay was so cool. It's my middle name. I asked my buddies, I'm like, dude, call me Clay. They're like, no, it's why. It's your middle name. Um, so I never got to use it. Like if you think about it, middle names are almost useless, other than like if your name is I don't know Bob Miller, then you might want to have you know Bob Clay Miller or something because there, there may be like five other Bob Millers in your class or something. You know, I, I, it's just you know Joseph Smith that type of thing. Right. So. But otherwise, for most people, the middle name is useless, which is really frustrating, especially when you have a fairly cool one. 
Um, so yeah, so when I decided to start, you know, Orange Mud and build our first pack, you know, I when I told her what I was going to do. I said, hey, I'm going to. I made this pack prototype in the garage tonight. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to start this company. And it's going to have my name in it. And she's like, whatever, you know, do what you want. We haven't slept in three months at that point. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was like, and by the way, it's probably going to cost, you know, 50,000 bucks. So we'll have two backpacks perfectly designed for us worth $25,000 each worst case scenario. <laughs> and best case, we'll actually be able to sell stuff. And so, you know, I went on GoDaddy and, you know, again, glass one, you know, I started buying five, maybe domain names and, and uh, I bought all these kind of fun names, Seven Clay, Clay Works, uh, a bunch of kind of fun ones, Burn burn Clay and various things. Um, but as the night went on, I, it just didn't catch for the brand that I saw, this trail running, mountain biking, triathlon-based company. And um, so as the night went on, I grew up with a lot of clay. Like clay was everywhere around where I grew up. It's, it was grayish, hence kind of the gray in our logo. Uh-huh. But uh but yeah, as, as the night went on, I, I did live in Arizona, biked in Sedona, grew up like vacationing in Oklahoma and whatever, where there's, you know, clay, red clay, orangish clay. So like as the night went on, like literally five glasses of wine, I think is what it took. And I, I finally clicked, oh yeah, Orange Mud, that's a good sticky name. I kind of like that. And then that's where, that's where it all took off. It fits. It fits really well. Honestly, the reason why I asked, I have family in Oklahoma and I know that just like Oklahoma and Kansas are close to each other. And I've yeah. seen this red, you know, orange, you know, dirt that they have in Oklahoma a lot. And, uh, it, it's really the reason why I asked. I thought I'd put two and two together, but I hadn't at all. It's your middle name. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you hit it. I mean, really, it was it's Oklahoma clay that I think of more than anything else, even though I lived in Arizona and I've never lived Oklahoma. But like going down there, like you come back and again, I grew up a country boy. You're uh-huh. always used to your car always being dirty, dirty. Um, but you go to Oklahoma, you come back and it's like it's like red dirty. It's just a whole different <laughs> level of dirt. And that, that reddish clay, it doesn't come off like it takes forever like you you'll sell a car you had three years and you look underneath and like man, there's still orange clay <laughs> under this freaking car so yeah it's uh it's definitely a, a good oklahoma influence and sedona arizona is also very orange and it's one of the best places on earth man i love it out there i lived out there for a while myself uh in, in yeah. down in the valley but uh you know we we were going up there all the time that's uh and they got some good trails and good place to ride bikes and uh and all sorts of stuff Heck yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah, us, I love it. Tell us about, okay, so, so break it down. You've got how many pro, you know, what are the products? What are they best use, you know, best used for? Um, you know, who's using what? What are you seeing? Sure. So, yeah. So initially, like the whole premise of our business was a bottle based pack. And through years of adventure racing, triathlon, I always had this idea that if I moved the weight up high, on your back, it would it would breathe and you wouldn't have any movement because your upper back doesn't move really hardly at all while you run. And then I wanted a bottle because I wanted to be able to refill efficiently in aid stations. Uh, and I and I'm a nerd when it comes to nutrition. I I I'm very consistent with my nutrition plan. It's something I've always executed well for a very long time. I've executed very very well. And and I've seen so many people go off and they do you know Ironman and especially Ironman always cracks me up because it's one of the most Type A people on the planet generally that do Ironman and you know everything is so meticulously planned but then on race day it's like cool I'll drink Gatorade on course or yeah. whatever is out there and and that's just bizarre to me so I wanted a bottle-based plan because I can easily manage my fluid intake I can easily refill I can put ice in it if I want to um, and and so that's where our, our first packs really came about and they they have stayed really strong to that um, but as we 
made our first exhibit at Ironman Arizona, Half Ironman Arizona, uh, a lot of the people we were selling to, you know, they were they were trail and ultra runners. They just did Ironman as a hobby and, and good training. And and it was kind of an eye opener. Like, wow, he's, there's people that run, you know, do a lot harder sports than Ironman. This is kind of bizarre. So um, so we really kind of started tailoring some products to an even further ultra endurance athlete that you know people like to run up to you know hundred or more than hundred miles for that matter. Um, so yeah, so the the running side is huge for us. Whether it's road or trail, triathlon, it's all the same. Uh, it still comes down to time on feet and how long between aid stations or, or between refill. Uh, so we have a lot of different packs for that. And then on the mountain bike side, which I always tell people I like running and I just, I love to ride my bike. I love it. It's, it's, there's nothing that makes me very few things that make me happier than that on this planet. Um, so we've been really happy over this past two years, we've evolved to have some of our bladder based packs and flask based packs that work exceptional for mountain bike and gravel grind. That's taken off really well. This still backwards works great for running too. So, so basically, any any sport you're running or biking uh, or even paddling and whatnot, for that matter, um, we we have a, a pack for it now. So now, how did you get so passionate about this? I know you said that you were, you know, you definitely were like, yeah, obviously your type A personality. So all of us, you know, runners and endurance athletes all have that. I call it the crazy gene a little bit. Um, you will yeah. never meet, you'll never meet smarter and more driven people than when you go to a marathon or when you go to, you know, some sort of endurance event because we literally are so, literally, we're so type A. We're so determined. We're, what's the word? You just kind of, uh, I only divorce my family once or twice a year. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. <laughs> to go and do this stuff. <laughs> but I we're, know. you know, we're, we're really consistent <laughs> of whatever crazy thing that we're following. So how did, how, how is this your, your passion? I know that, you know, it's kind of obviously, you know, into your nutrition and things like that, but what, what made, what, what was that strong draw to this? Well, I think I'd be like the size of a pack mule if I, uh, if I didn't do this because I like to eat good food and <laughs> obviously drink good wine. So, you know, that's part of it, but, but no, I, I think the re the reality is, is that for me, um, you know, growing up a country boy, I, I didn't have people around me. So, um, you're kind of forced to self entertain. And, and, and I think, you know, looking back at something maybe I didn't appreciate at the time, but it's one of the best things that I could have ever had happened because I didn't have anything to do. Like we only had four TV channels on our TV. We didn't have cable or satellite or anything out where we were. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd go outside, I'd go fishing and just walking around looking for rocks you know, flipping rocks over, looking for lizards and for looking for fossils and all these things. So I just have always really, really enjoyed the outdoors. Um, even my, like my first taste to Oklahoma and Oklahoma red dirt. Um, we were on a, a, a geology trip for 4-H. I was doing a geology project and we went, I don't even know how my dad found these people. And, and uh, next thing you know, we're down in like some salt lake looking for horn coral in northern Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, it's just these weird things. But, but you know, growing up, we always did that. We always had the spirit of adventure. My dad is one of them guys where he's like, yeah, yeah, we're just going to be out another hour. We're just going to go down this one more road in Colorado and it should be fine in our station wagon. You know, it's, and the next thing you know, it's like two days later and we're making our way back out. And, you know, we, we find like just all these crazy, I mean, the, the devil's potholes. If you've ever been there, I think it's in New Mexico or Southwestern Colorado. We went there and like my dad's psycho friends out there, like, be careful, Josh, their devil literally lives at the bottom of these potholes and <laughs> oh, will geez. drag you under. 
And, and I, I was scared for years. Like, I don't know, probably till last year. So, um, you're so you know, it's, scared. It's, it's, yeah. So it's like this adventure that's like, it was just, that is what, that's the way I grew up. So to me, you know, coming out, uh, from, you know, Kansas, going out West, Arizona, California over the years, now Colorado, um, you know, getting into the business world, um, you know, I don't get me wrong. It was a lot of fun in like my previous career in medical devices and whatnot, but, but you can't work all day long and be this country boy at heart. That's all of a sudden living in the big city. And, you know, I think that's where adventure for me, uh, really was my outlet to keeping my roots tied back to where I was from. And then, and then as many people that I meet, I'm 40 now. And, uh, it's funny how many people I meet that are my age. that are like, yeah, you know, isn't it weird that, you know, when I was 20s and 30s, all I cared about was money and success and all this stuff. And then as you get older, all you try to do is get back to where you were when you were growing up. It's really kind of weird how it happens. But um, but I know for me, you know, it's 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 really about more. It's way more important to find the balance of adventure and family and, and just, you know, living for fun rather than just being in the work mode. I mean, that, that's exactly why I do this, this shit. I mean, that's like, you know, it's to be a kid again. It's to play. It's all play. And, yeah. you know, it, it is, it's like, you know, just exactly what you just said, you know, the twenties the were, were, you know, I'm going to get ahead and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be the biggest investment yeah, banker yeah, out there. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> I got a job and they gave me a laptop. I made it, you know, right. and, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, the rest of the time, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to get the hell away from that. Every job I've ever had, they gave me a laptop <laughs> to think about what you just said. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was always given a laptop Success. and like a briefcase yeah. and, a, and I was like, Oh, look at these clothes. And, um, you know, it's funny. You said, so you're a recovering medical device salesman. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. For the most part, I, I ran a medical device manufacturing okay. company. I started in sales and then I, I quit as the VP of it. But, but, um, how but yeah, I mean, sales that? has always been something I've, I've enjoyed too. And how long ago was that, that you left? Uh, I quit my day job uh, about three and a half years ago. Um, so I, I ran Orange Mud's year six now. Uh, okay. We're over year six, but uh, yeah, that first you know two and a half years, I, um, you know, I I just ran both companies, so it was a little bit chaotic. It was actually very chaotic uh, with two kids being born in that time period and running two companies. Um, but yeah, you just kind of find that balance, and you know, I wanted to make sure we had a sustainable business before I quit my day job and my wife quit her day job. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been awesome for the last three and a half years. Have been some of the coolest times of my life. That's really cool. Did, uh, did, did anything in your previous careers or jobs like, you know, help you with the designing of this thing? I mean, is that something that you, you know, the prototypes and the concepts and, and, uh, you know, just like the ergonomic, uh, ergonomics to everything, you know, was anything from the previous careers that, that led into that? Did you have any, you know, design or engineering or even, you know, fashion or anything like that, that, uh, that, that led into it? You know, the, probably the, the only thing that really carried over it's really weird. You know, we like my background's really in making like implants. It's the implants people don't want is what I always tell people, spines, shoulders, hips, knees, all that sort of stuff. Right. And, and we, we would work and, you know, I would help our customers make sure they have a manufacturable product. And, um, so, you know, one thing I've seen over the years constantly is, you know, I've seen a lot of designs that we knew would fail and, and we'd always try to obviously steer them otherwise, but a lot of times they're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. We're like, okay, well, good luck. And, yeah, we'll make it for you. But, um, you know, what, what we've learned over time or what I've learned through my career is, you know, you always want to make sure you have something that is going to last. And that's always been most important. 
And then, you know, with, with making things the way we did, you know, extremely high precision, uh, cosmetics were really important. Even though, like, maybe you make it to where it's going to work great. If it doesn't look good, that still sucks. So we put a lot of effort into fit, form, and function. So um, outside of that, it didn't carry over very much because <laughs> there's a big difference between using a $700,000 machine to machine a spinal implant uh, and and then, like, you know, a $1,500 sewing machine, which is, you know, really the reality of what makes backpacks. You know, I think a lot of people think, and I did coming into this, I envisioned, like, I send an order over to the factory and the factory like has these all these lasers that cut out all the fabrics and then they run through this automated machine that sews it all together that is definitely not the case i don't care where you are unless you are buying bazillions and i literally mean bazillions um it is definitely being made by a person everything on a probably a fifteen hundred dollar sewing machine uh it doesn't mean they're not really you know high industrial grade sewing machines and everything and, and of course some do use laser cut and everything but but you know coming into this industry is so different you know i was used to you know forty thousand dollar software programs to, to design things and then you come into this side and it's it's a paper pattern and you know you have to think of how you make things some things are right side out some things are sewn inside out and you pull them out and everything is just a totally different it's just a totally different process uh, but yeah, fit form function are always there and building in redundancies for failure, just in case some seam did fail or something. I have always failure points that are backup plans basically built into everything. I never want our packs to break for anybody. Um, and we have, you know, an insanely high success rate with that. Um, but so, yeah, so unfortunately not a lot of crossover, but in a way there was, you know, it's kind of just not as much as I would have hoped, I guess. It, it it blows my mind to even take this idea. I always talk to people that come up with these, you know, these these ideas. Like I have this vision, I want to create this, and I'm like, how did you do that? I mean, it 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 you know, it always floors me because I feel like in life, um, you know, you you have to follow. I think things uh, things are there for you that you need to either open your eyes and see and accept and say, hey, listen, you know, I grew up like this, and I'm always been you know this adventure adventurous person and. And, and to, to be aware of that and to say, you know what, I have this idea. I think this is going to work and I'm going to work really damn hard. And I believe that this is coming to fruition. That's, I think that's amazing. That whole journey, it just is, uh, is something that as I've gotten older to open my eyes to and say, wow, things are appearing in my life for a reason. And that's really, that's really cool that, you know, you've now been able to see this through. And now tell me, do you have, you know, do you have, um, like a brick and mortar? Do you have a factory that you, you know, kind of a, I don't know, like a home base? What's, what's the, uh, how's it work now? Yeah, so we so so yeah, we have a factory in Vietnam, a factory in SoCal, and there are two factories in SoCal, three three factories in SoCal. Um, but um, but yeah, so we outsource you know all of our fabrication, and um, our factory in Vietnam is stunning. It's amazing. Um, they are literally one of the best pack manufacturers in the world, and they have upped our game so much. They're I, I literally communicate with them. Probably at least ten times a day. <laughs> it's it's crazy. <laughs> well, let me rephrase that: ten times a night, um, yeah. and, and then usually first thing in my morning is is when uh, I communicate with them, which which adds a whole other crazy. Like at first, it's kind of cool. Like I'm an international businessman, <laughs> and then after a while, you're like, wow, this sucks. I'm, I'm up, up every night. night till midnight on Skype, and then I wake up the next morning on Skype, right? And uh, and then I begin my normal work day. So you know, every day really has no ends now, but. 
Um, but yeah, and then as far as brick and mortar, we've never created, and we don't have the 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 uh, at least no even short to mid range focus of having a brick and mortar store. You know, we sell to specialty retail all around the globe, and uh, we have about 400 stores in specialty run, triathlon, mountain bike uh, around the U.S. that carries our products, and then. In internationally, I've done a crappy job at keeping a track of how many, but um, we have about 20 distributors around the world now that sell our products all over, and, and I just don't have their store list per se. But but I'd say somewhere around 100 maybe stores internationally. So what are some uh, of the what are cool. some of the chains that are in um in the United States, or what are some of the stores that that you could think so, of? Like Fleet Feet is a big one. Okay, you know, we're in about 160 of their stores. Uh, and they're just a fantastic running store chain. I kind of call them like the Starbucks blended with shoes and socks and gear <laughs> and, and, uh, they've got a good layout, but yeah, start a uh, uh, fleet feet endurance house. We're in a lot of their stores and then, and then yeah, just tons of others, uh, big peach and, you know, all, all over the store or country. It's a, it's a good, a good mix, but really, really run and bike focused specialty shops. So no, no big stores like well, just no big stores. Yeah. How many how many items do you have? Like how many you know skews do you have? I guess is what you call them in the industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many? You I know, don't even know. You don't even know. I, I, somewhere, a lot. Yeah. Five hundred. So yeah. So is there the different, spreadsheet is big. So there are different lines uh, that you know that you carry. Is there one that's like more for longer distance, or one that carries a certain amount of bottles, or one that's um, you know designed for you know bikes as opposed to running? Yeah. So. So probably the easiest way to answer that is like on the pack side, we basically have, I think it's, I think we're at 13 different packs, but like in every pack we have multiple colors and then we have, you know, our transition wrap, which is huge okay. and 13 different colors and, and apparel and lifestyle and gym bags. And that's right. where it kind of explodes. But, but yeah, I mean, our, our number one pack or really our, our top three packs are our endurance pack. It's a two liter pack. It's the shortest two liter bladder pack on the market, insanely stable. We sell at every event. It's always the number one pack, whether it's Ironman, 100-mile run, 100-mile bike, a gravel grind, <laughs> marathon, uh, half marathon. It is it is the pack. Um, and then next is our gear vest, which is a one-liter pack, uh, 35 ounces, and, and same thing. That does well in every discipline. And then from there, it goes to our VP1, which is our bottle-based pack. That's front chest pocket, so you can carry your phone up front, your electrolytes, your gels, backup nutrition. You've got a bottle in the back. And to me, that's the perfect triathlon pack. Like it's the pack for Ironman and really any triathlon. I just think it's, you can flawlessly execute your race strategy with it and, uh, and carry all your essentials and refill and everything. And, and you can skip a bunch of aid stations and, uh, again, easy to manage fluids and all. So, so those are really like the top three that the, the two that cross into pretty much every discipline. And then one that's really just focused for run. Tell me this. I'm one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. at the, at the very beginning mm-hmm. I can, you know, carry something. And then I don't know, halfway through, I'm like, this weighs 500 pounds, get it <laughs> off of me. What, yeah. So what, you know, how do you feel about where it's placed on your body? Does that make a difference? Because for me, I get freaked out. Like, like I feel like I'm, you know, all of a sudden it's like your watch weighs five pounds on your wrist and you're, it, is there, you know, the placement or what's different about that, that. You know, that you could, you know, for me, I'm still looking like, what am I going to bring with me to that Ironman or even even my marathons? Like, I'd love to hear that because I know people, I know there's a lot of people out there that are chaotic and psychotic like I am that where you kind of hallucinate and think things are heavier. So what what is that? (laughs) How does that? No, 
I'm 100% with you. I mean, you would not believe how many handhelds and waste packs I have chucked in the bushes mm-hmm. on a run uh, because I just can't stand it. I don't even like wearing a watch uh, anymore. Yeah. So, because, um, yeah, you do. You feel the weight. And, and it's a lot of it's not even the weight. It's just the irritation. You're like, you know what? This sucks. You right. know, this this whole thing sucks. You, you always <laughs> go through this state of like, I, I'm not happy with myself right now. Why am right I now? doing this stupid thing? This? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so and especially with the proliferation of plus size phones, seems like everybody has one anymore. They're so damn big, and then you're putting this like basically I call it airplane wing. You see, especially you see these like petite ladies running with these itty bitty arms, and they have this great big giant wing phone <laughs> yeah. mounted on their arm in this huge like armband thing, and it starts to rub their their basically armpit raw, and you know it's just it's crazy. So. Our VP1 or our single barrel, so basically one with chest pockets, chest strap, versus one that doesn't have it. They're both great for any of those runs where you're doing marathon, Ironman, uh, because the weight is resides on your upper back, like real high up in your back, like up in your cervical area. And and the cool part about that is that it just that part of your body doesn't move. It bears the weight really well. You don't have any you know GI distress from any like weight or any uh, like a waist pack going around your waist, which a lot of people get issues from that, just from that extra pressure because you got to ratchet it so tight to keep mm-hmm. it from moving around and then squeezing your gut. That's not good. So so yeah, by having that weight up really high, you don't notice it. And one of the the very first compliments I got is my my friend Robert. He went out and he did the uh, Huntington Beach Marathon, and he. He uh, asked me if he could borrow one of my first five prototypes for the run. And I was like, yeah, man, take it out. So he and, – and I was kind of nervous, you know, because at this point mm-hmm. I literally just got my prototypes. And I had – my wife and I had been really the only people that had ran in them. And uh, then here he goes and runs a marathon with it. I was kind of nervous that he was going to be like, your product sucks and I'm bleeding. <laughs> and uh, – uh, but he – I'll never forget it. He, he, he was just – he was just the first one of, of countless to tell me this that I literally forgot it was there while I was running. And and that was the whole intent of what I was doing with these designs is I wanted you to forget you're wearing it. So so yeah, we we easily cover that that gamut, and I'm confident. I've never heard of anybody that has taken our pack off during the race because they weren't comfortable with it, I mean, or that it, that it irritated with uh, irritated them. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, they, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I just think of the traditional, you know, the, the, the way that we first saw it was the, it was either handheld, carrying it in their hand, which, forget it, I can't do it, I, I just, I'd rather not. Uh, and then there's the, the around the waist, and that, you know, you really, like you said. gigantic belts. And they slosh, and, you know, I had a friend of yeah. mine who, you know, I would go out with him on runs, and he would wear it. And, you know, he's like, oh, you should get one. You should get one. I said, I don't really need to. I just need one of your water bottles is mine now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you yeah. carry that thing. You're my Sherpa. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I'll just take mine, you know, whenever you ask. And, uh, and he would slosh around, you know, and we, we'd get out there and go along. I specifically run. I mean, we have one loop near our house, and it's through the woods, and it's a nice trail. But it's a five-mile loop. And when I'm marathon training, I can go, you know, I go 10 miles on it, I go 50 miles on it, I can go 20 miles on it, you know, like it, and I come back around and I leave everything there for that reason. You know, it's tough, it's tough to get those long out and backs, which, you know, we're in the Northeast, so we don't have those long, long trails. We do have long trails, but not, you know, specifically like you guys are setting out, especially on your bikes, um, you know, out West and, you know, it's, it's really, I, I don't want to carry anything, uh, you know, for a very long time unless I don't, I don't think it's there. You know, and this yeah. this sounds like a good solution to that. You know what I would do? This is guilty, guilty pleasure. Here we go. Ready? Here's a here's a being Christine story. <laughs> so I literally during marathons, because at the end, you know, I always want to have like a 
I never had like a vest or something. I didn't like how the water felt. And I feel like you're selling me on this, Josh. I'm not going to lie. You're selling me on this because I would take those little water bottles, you know, like the little kitty ones. Yeah. And I would take, you know, I'd take that and I'd put in whatever hydration I wanted because again, Gatorade, like we said, I'm sorry, Gatorade. I, I grew up drinking you and it's always bothered my stomach and I've switched and don't be that. And now it's poison. And now it's always on the race courses and I have to drink it. Otherwise I'm going to die. Um, cause I can't carry everything. So I would take those little water bottles and I would make it a really high concentration or something. Mm-hmm. And I would stick it right where you're saying your pack is on my sports bra, like how it goes on the very top of your back. Yeah. Cause that's the yep. only spot that I would not feel it sloshing around, which is exactly where your pack goes. So yeah, see that. Yeah, exactly. Josh. Exciting. Yeah. He's going to well, clap I mean, for you know, me. You see people so. that like, like my, uh, the Soma half Ironman in Arizona is an awesome half Ironman, or I think now it's just the half Ironman or whatever. I'm half Ironman, Arizona. I think Ironman bought it, but, but, um, but when I did that, um, the second time it was, uh, it was, I I used our pack and, and it was really cool. It was really hot. It was 90. I still remember it was 93 degrees and it just roasting hot Arizona. You know, it's always hot of course, but even like the sun, even 93 in Arizona technically isn't that bad, but like in, in October and, like the sun is just roasting. It it was hot. Well, anyway, so I'm on the run and, uh, you know, running along and I, I, I was running past, uh, one of many, but, but one person that had like one of the, the waste packs has like six or eight little bitty, itty bitty oh. water bottle, uh, bottles mm-hmm. mounted around their waist. And, and as I was running by them, I'm like, man, that's a lot of water bottles. And I, and to me, I'm thinking of the cleanup process. Like that would just suck to have to wash all them, <laughs> let alone refill. I'm like, cool. All right. I'm in the aid station. I need eight water bottles filled up. I mean, you just took up like eight volunteers. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but then what I also noticed, a lot of those people that had all those type of packs, they weren't drinking from them. And I was calling them weight belts as I was you know, running by them. And they could hear the ice sloshing around in my bottle a little bit. They're like, you have ice in that bottle? I'm like, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a normal size bottle. So you can put friggin' ice cubes in it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy what I see people carry. But and again, not use. And then it's like, if you're not going to use it, throw the thing in the bushes. And, you know, let somebody pick it up and do whatever, and I'll go hiking with it. But, but it's, it's just, it's something I've never understood. And, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of like what the market has had and that's what people use. And, and there's still people that love handhelds. Like I, I, uh, I made a handheld about probably four years ago and we just had a lot of our, our customers that were saying, Hey man, I love your pack, but there's still days I go on a short run and I love to, to use a handheld. Will you make one? And I was like, but why? Like handhelds suck. Like there's yeah. no reason. Why do you want to run with an arm weight on one side of your body? Like do you lift weights with it's just impossible. one arm only? And and they're like, yeah, I know it's weird, but it's, you know, I like it. So like in designing our handheld, we do have an awesome handheld. I've never used it since going to production. But like on prototype, you know, b- building the prototype with that, I go out and I used to run with a buddy of mine all the time when I lived in SoCal at lunch. And and he'd laugh because we get a mile into the run. I'm like, okay, this design sucks. And I'd throw it in the bushes and I'd pick it up on the way back. And then even once the design was finally good, I'd still throw it in the bushes after I ran with it for a little bit. And I'd still pick it up on the way back because I can't stand that. I just, I can't stand, you know, having a handheld. It's kind of like you were saying, it's like a watch gets heavy. You feel you're like a necklace can drive you crazy, right. let alone, you know, a, a three pound weight in your hand. So, so yeah, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm uber passionate about get a pack up high on your back because that's where you're designed to carry loads, uh, and you know, off your hands. But, but again, everybody's, everybody's unique. Some people like the handheld, some people like, you know, it's just amazing what you find people like, but I think the vast majority is saying it's just better to put it up high. 
think it's our OCD, don't you think? Like we all, we all have that thing. Like you're like, yeah. you know, you see it. I think it's great because you see, you know, just anyone that's successful, you're looking for a need. There's a need out there for something and you're going to fill that void. And maybe you hate the handhelds. I absolutely hate the handhelds, but there's the OCD people that like the handhelds. Like and the handheld. You know what? You see that void, people ask you and you delivered. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's what makes it work. So now... What do you see? Are are you are you thinking of expanding? Are there other, you know, are there other things that you think you might want to, you know, tap into or are you just still kind of perfecting what you have? What what's on the horizon right now? Yeah, so so we're at a point right now where we have products to carry to pretty much do anything you want to like any distance you you're going to run, we have a pack for it. Um and that's even for people running 200 milers down to someone running a mile. Um, so we have the run line completely covered and, and even this, well, last year and this year we came out between new products and revisions. We are on, uh, what I feel is our amazing revisions right now. I've just, I'm so pumped. We, we just like this summer just launched version 2.0, I think in six different packs, um, or not even this summer, like some like yesterday or Monday and then some like a month or two ago. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited with where we are product wise. And we, I think we have like, we, our core basically is well established and we do well with all of our existing products. So, um, I, I'm always working on some new thing, unfortunately. And, and, uh, it makes it hard because that just means I have to buy more of, you know, more of them in production. But, um, but yeah, so now what we're doing, we're, we're continuing to kind of round out the line a little bit for bike. So we have a couple more packs that I'm designing now for bike and, and then even as far as uh, on the on the here I am saying how much I hate handhelds. I've been working on a soft glass <laughs> handheld uh, that has some really cool tech in it. Believe it or not, um, that I don't have the patents filed for yet, so I can't really talk about it. But right. bottom line, I hate. And I was talking about how much I hate waist belts. Well, this is kind of a hybrid uh, option. Um, I'll just leave it at that. It's a hybrid option handheld at waist pack and uh, using some really cool tech. So we have some stuff coming, but it's um, you know I. I it's tough because certain products you design, like like a handheld. To me, it's I. It's something that that it's weird for me to design because I don't release anything until I feel it's it's nothing's ever hundred percent. Everything could always be improved on, but it's ninety nine percent. And and then from there, it's marginal tweaks or or it's a surprise change that you make that makes it even better than you expect, which has happened plenty of times. Um, you know, it's usually dumb luck, but. But it, it's it's hard for me designing this like waist belt and waist belt and handheld kind of deal because it's a crappy place for the the weight. You know your your hips they basically spin in a circle when you run. That's for the most part. Just watch somebody's hips. You know they next time you go on a run, watch the person's butt in front of you and actually pay attention to the movement of it. And and you'll see it, it kind of goes in a circle, which is why you imagine water trying to be stable. You can only do so much as a pack. You're just just getting it's a marginal gain is all it is trying to stabilize it and then in a handheld it's the same thing your hands do all kinds of crazy things so it's it's hard to design something knowing that it's never going to be in my opinion perfect it's just going to be better than others is is the goal so uh so it's kind of a weird a weird thing but but yes we have some new waist belt handheld uh some other packs for mountain bike and then we're probably going to add a couple like the tweener packs that are that are a bridge between our four liter and our 12 liter, uh, or maybe our 12 and 20, you know, we kind of been debating with some of that and then colors, colors are, 
you ladies are challenging, right? So, um, you know, ladies are like, yeah, well, can you make that pack in pink? I love pink. And I make pink and they look at it like, cool, this pink is so cool. All right, I'll take the black and orange one. And I'm like, okay, walk, walk me through what happens in your, in your head right there. And because I've seen this so many times and they're like, oh man, I really like that pink. It is so cool. But, uh, sometimes I wear, uh, this one version of teal that won't go with this version of pink. So I can't do that. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So I basically decided I'm not making any more pink for the most part, not like a true pink and full pink. So even yesterday, I actually just requested a prototype from my factory in a teal and pink here. I'm talking about those too, but a teal pink hybrid. And I think it's going to be really cool, but the pink is subtle. It's more teal. And so we're going to, we're, we're trying to, we always try to make our ladies happy. All of my designs, I focus first on ladies, guys second. And, and with colors, it's, it's just tricky. I've always tried to kind of follow that more BMW Mercedes model where you don't change it drastically all the time. You know, you, you always have that classy look, you know, black, orange, black, green, it's these subtle mix, but all of our packs, you'll notice the color schemes are very consistent. We don't try to just cheap it out, throw great big labels and orange mud words all over it. I, <laughs> I keep the woven patches that are one and a half inch square and I keep it all simple. Um, so this is kind of our first little twist to make a little more effort into playing with colors more so to appeal more to our feminine audience, uh, and some guys too, but, um, but it's, it's yeah, colors and fabrics, uh, are tricky. We that's gotta, sure. we gotta so, keep them happy, Josh. You know, I know it's, it's very, very hard. It is difficult. <laughs> How about the seat wraps? That's something that I, you know, that I'm interested in. I'm a sweaty mess a lot of times, uh, in the hot, humid, uh, you know, New Jersey air over here. And even sometimes yeah. we, I live at the beach. So, uh, you know, there's, there are times where I, I, I end my run, I jump in the ocean and, uh, you know, you get back to the car and the, sometimes the towel just doesn't cut it. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So the, the seat wraps are really cool. Um, it's, it's one of our favorite products. It's really what put us on the map, uh, in, in retail and, you know, cause packs, one of the, the problems, uh, you'll find when you innovate is that like in theory, like you innovate something, right. It's all cool. And like the whole world's going to buy it. You're going to be a millionaire. It's going to be amazing. But the reality is like when I started launching our packs, you know, retail stores were like, well, why would you put bottles on the back? Like people put bottles on the front or on the waist. I'm like, okay, well, waste packs suck. And why would you put weight on your chest? And they're like, well, that's just what people do. I'm like, but why do you wear a backpack on your chest? <laughs> no, but that's the way people design. That's just with the industry. I'm like, oh but that gosh. doesn't make any freaking sense. They're like, well, we're just not interested. So it drove me crazy. I wanted to strangle because they don't these know specialty retail stores. Yeah. yeah they don't it, know. It pained me. So and just look and, and, and just look at found, nature, right? Just look at nature. Yeah, Where do they carry everything? It is. But the, the frustration there is that what we found is that retail will often follow consumer demand. It doesn't lead consumer demand for the most part. Some stores do, but there's a lot that follow rather than lead. So uh, it made the success of our business very questionable in the very beginning uh, because we we it was definitely a way harder sell than I ever would have thought getting into retail. Well, about four months after I launched our first product, uh, the Hydroquiver, um, then I came up with this changing towel and seat cover because I was out mountain biking after work and I was tired of you know, sweating and getting up sweaty and bloody and everything, getting in my car and getting it all dirty and everything. And then changing after work was problematic, you know, with people around. So, <laughs> um, so I wanted to have this secure belt built into the towel with no Velcro or anything. So it's not going to stick to any of your nice high tech clothing. Um, so you can change securely, but then you zip up this little pocket, slip over the headrest and it keeps it from sliding off the seat. 
Well, like it was our biggest break because I, I launched that in February of 2013. And uh, later that year, the editor from Runner's World just happened to buy it at a running store in Salt Lake City. And um, and he called me and he's like, hey, man, would you uh, would you mind if I featured you as gear of the year in Runner's World in December? And oh, I, was I like, don't know. Let me think cool. about that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. And I'm thinking it's just a sales pitch. And, yeah. You know, oh yeah, it's going to be twenty thousand dollars. And then um, and then he's like, cool. Well, legal will follow up with you soon. And then sure enough, they did. And then, yeah, we landed in that issue and we landed 100 stores that month. Like wow. within three days of it going live, we landed 100 stores. No joke. And then it just it kept going from there. We landed international distribution and it's what put us on the map and it, it gave us that brand credibility. So I am forever thankful of anybody from Runner's World is listening. I'm forever thankful. <laughs> and uh, and we weren't spending a penny with them advertising. Actually, I never have spent advertising money with them. They're they're expensive because they're big. You know, it's just they're worth it. But yeah, it's just a little bit out of our budgets. But um, but yeah. So for me, that that product has been something that's allowed us to become more of a household name. You know, we're certainly no Nike or anything like that. But a lot of people that we meet, it's funny how pe- many people will see us at like a, an event. They're like, oh, wow, you make packs? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's my baby. Yeah. You know, but they're like, I didn't know that. But we have your tiles. Like, I bought them for everybody in our family. I'm like, well, okay, how did you not know we don't make packs? Did we make packs? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I always tell people the towel is something I spent like five minutes designing. And, um, and, and it, it almost – Makes me sad every time. You know, I'm of course happy, but I'm like sad every time. Like, dude, your dolls are amazing. I'm like, yeah, but what about the packs? Like, every pack <laughs> takes me ten months to develop. Like, ten months from start to finish. And and it's just, you know, they're like, oh, those are cool. But these towels, man, you got to check these out. It's 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 just funny how that works. So isn't that yeah, the, I mean, isn't it, that the it's, way it's though? You know, that's like kind of the way it happens. You got the one thing, and it, it drives everything. But uh, Josh, why yeah. doesn't ev- does every surfer have this? Like, I grew up on Long Island and mm-hmm. the beaches of Long Island. And I live on the Jersey Shore now, but like you are in SoCal. I feel like yeah. I'm sorry, surf magazines and everyone all over the world. Why yeah. doesn't every surfer have that? Or maybe they do, and I just don't know. Have well, they picked see, up on this? So, yeah. Or what? So, so that's a funny one, right? So, when we first launched, that, that's what I thought too. Is you know, at the time we lived in Corona and SoCal there, and and um, and everybody I met, like, dude, surfer towel, cool. You got to sell this to surf shops. I'm like, you're right. So I, so I did. I started calling surf shops, and and I'll never forget the first two I talked to. And I only called five, but the first two, they were like, they were like angry at their oh. own customers, oh. and they're like, yeah, you want to sell the surfers? Good luck. They're cheap. They live on people's couches. <laughs> they, you know, most of them don't have a car or a job. And I'm like, man, <laughs> like I hung up the phone with the surf shops. I'm like, wow, those guys are angry. <laughs> like, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a really bad business to oh. be in. Um, and of course, that's not every surfer by any stretch, but, but there are, if you think of that, you know, the, the, maybe I, the average surfer, again, according to the surf shops I've talked to, they're like, yeah, they don't buy anything. They don't even buy brand new boards. You know, it's always the, right. you know, the rich urban hippie that's buying the, the fancy board. And then when they realize they're only going to surf once a year, then they end up selling it for, you know, $200 to the, to the guy living on a couch by the beach. So, so funny. So, and then when you, when you look at the surf shops, there aren't, I mean, of course, I, I'm sure there is a whole market they were missing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, not every surfer is living in a couch and unemployed. But that being said, it is kind of hard. At least in Cali, it was hard to find a whole lot of surf shops that that really had much of a retail presence. A lot of them were like, you know, extremely tiny, more for rentals and and stuff like that. But 
so yeah, they, it is a market that we should honestly be killing. It's just I think I got so turned off from uh, um, talking with the retail stores that I realized maybe it's better to put the focus where our bread and butter is. And then you know, again, you know, to me, my passion. It, it just never has been the towel. It still isn't. I mean, it, it is, obviously. I mean, we put a heck of a focus on that at retail and clubs and teams because we co-brand them and we do all the stuff. But it's it's something that, that you know, fortunately, it got us going. But our packs are really what lead the way. And, and that's, to me, what I feel is, you know, that's where our brand is. It's with our, our stability and breathability uh, and innovative designs to carry, you know, essentials quick at hand in packs. And then the wraps are that, that value add. But, um, yeah, it's, it is, it's tough. You know, it's, it's always tough when you, as you build out a brand, you just have a lot of products. It's hard to, it's hard hey, to sell them all. Just think of all the people in between those two coasts. That's, that they're the ones that are going to buy this stuff. You know, if you stick yeah. with this to surfers, you're sticking close to water and there's a whole lot of land in between with runners and bikers and everything. I always say that, yep. the, I always say that the runners are the cheap ones compared to the triathletes, especially with the gear and all that stuff. Triathletes spend. Runners are cheap, right? Yeah. You know, for the most part. Uh, You know, especially when you get into some of these trail guys and, you know, and they're real, like, you know, uh, like you said, loners and and, uh, salt of the earth and and they they go cheap as well, you know? Um, Yep. So uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool was uh, that you had something for uh, stand-up paddle. Yeah. Yeah. So so that, yeah, we call it the sup sip. And uh, we actually sold out yesterday. So I I got to figure out something there. I didn't realize we were low. I think there's three left in our Amazon warehouse, but, um, so yeah, so that pack, I was, it was shortly after we started Orange Mud, um, I was out in Hawaii, stand up paddle boarding and, um, and you know, I was just cruising down the coast, the winds picked up and they were freaking nutty. And, uh, I mean the, the, the surf was crazy and I was like three miles away from the beach. And as I started paddling back towards, um, you know, the rental place, uh, I see this girl like literally getting blown straight out to sea. Oh. And cause I was like straight South of the, I was only maybe four or 500 yards off the beach, but I, I, I had to go like three miles North. And, but I see this girl getting blown literally straight out to sea, like right across from the rental place. I'm thinking how in the world are these not people not seeing her? Cause she is not just out there like a half a mile. Like I bet when I finally was, could barely see her, she had to be a good two to three miles out and moving quickly. And, and that was not her intention. So, uh, meanwhile, the wind was blowing so dang hard. I had to get down on my knees and just give it all I had to be able to get as low as profile to get back to the, to the shore. And once I did, I told the, the rental guys there, I'm like, Hey man, she's, do you see that girl getting blown to sea? And they're like, Oh no, dude, let's go get her. And, and so, so anyway, that was what got me thinking that, um, you know, a, you know, I was over there and the hotel in Kanapali and, and I, I, you know, I had my room key that I was worried I'd lose and which wasn't a big deal, but we obviously I didn't want to lose that. And I needed some nutrition and I wanted a little bit of water. And so I wanted something simple. And then meanwhile, I'm seeing this girl get blown out to sea and I'm thinking, man, I hope they find her, but she really needs something reflective. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so yeah, so, so that's, it was, you know, it was probably a year later that I, I kind of just decided to, uh, to make basically take our hydro quiver concept uh, this you know bottle put a reflective trim and reflective logo on the outside of it, and uh, I put a dive knife attachment on it, key clip, and a secure pocket, and then it mounts on your leg because I I didn't want to get a tan on my shoulders, right? You don't yeah, want like a sports bra tan as a guy. So, um, and I figure a lot of girls when I looked at a lot of girls that do stand up paddle, a lot of them wear board shorts board too. Shorts, yeah. So I was like, well, cool, like everybody can benefit from this design because it mounts on your leg. It's got this belt. 
and then the dive knife attachment's really cool because you know, granted, if the great white come, is coming up to eat you and it's your end, you know, granted, your little dive knife with like four inch long blade is probably going to do nothing. But I tell you what, I'm going to feel a hell of a lot better knowing that I'm stabbing that sucker in the face as he's like chomping me down uh, than I would be in like punching him with my fist. So, uh, so I thought, and if nothing else, you look really cool. You know, I'm going completely out there mortified right now. Knife, I'm like, so. oh my God, I'm never going yeah. to the water again. You never again. know. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Or so, if you if you're on an island and you get blown to castaway, now you have that's it. you You've have a knife. knife. Thank God. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh. But yeah, I tell you the true irony of the slip though is that you know it's it's a recreational paddler. I've had the sport paddlers. They're like, this doesn't work because I have to stop my pedal stroke, and I'm like, or paddle stroke. I'm like, I get it. I didn't design it for you racers. You know, I designed it for the. The guy like me, I'm just going out to have fun for five miles. If I have to stop and look at a sea turtle and take a drink, whatever, I'd do it. So so it's been a great pack, but our same thing, our endurance pack, like I said before, it's our number one. We sell that way more to like the pad, the true paddler, the true like paddler, the racer, the paddler, guys, endurance yeah. paddler. Uh, yeah, they love it because they can drink on the fly. So it's, it's ironic we sell more of our other packs to stand-up paddlers than we do our pack that I designed for stand-up paddles. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you find that sometimes. Our stand-up paddle pack, honestly, it's it, of all the packs, it's been the one that never has sold that great. And some of it because it is complicated to market. Like I tell everybody, it's easy to – anybody can make products. It's really not that hard. Um, you know, Of course, there's logistics and hurdles and all that, but but it's it's hard to market products. It's hard to find people and find reach. And you know, with the SUPSIP, I just hit a point early on. It's like, okay, I can market this, but we're not a stand-up paddle company. You know, I designed this for stand-up paddle, but we're not a stand-up paddle company. We're running and, and you know, evolved to biking company, and that's easier to blend. Um, so I, that product's just kind of like – I'm amazed it's honestly ever sold because we <laughs> we don't ever market it. And and we sell – but we sell it to weird things. Like I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he works for UPS in the warehouse, and he wanted to just to carry a drink and a, and a his dive knife, which he used for as a box cutter. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a good idea. I've seen it sold it to Postman, and it's just weird that like we get these random buys. Somebody will buy 15 of them and ship them all to Canada. I'm like, what are you doing in <laughs> January? You know, I'm like, what are you doing in January in Canada with these? Yeah. But you know, same thing. It's probably some warehouse worker or something. It's 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 weird how products can take a life of their own that you have no expectation for. It's really cool. That's, I mean, but that's how you know it's a good product. And that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the, yeah. the ups and downs of life. That's, that's really, you know, really awesome about your story that, you know, we're, Brian and I are happy to share with our listeners because A, our listeners, they need to know some of this stuff because they are endurance athletes or they are people that can highly benefit from, guess what? How about adding a little bit more water and hydration? <laughs> we talk about this all the time about getting more healthy and, you know, it could be nutrition and taking little steps. And we always say, start with hydration, start with little steps and you go out. I'm sorry. I don't want to carry something with me, but you really need to keep replenishing your fluids. And that poor girl who got blown out to sea, I mean, she could have been out there for a long time, right, Josh? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. She could be dead. She could still be out there. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously. It's so not funny. It, 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 I could not believe. <laughs> you know, she's got all these lifeguards on the beach, right? I mean, it's right in front of the Westin there and freaking kind of poly. Oh. And I'm looking at her getting blown out. I'm thinking, there's no way no, none of those people are not seeing this right now. What's that, um, what's but, that movie but, yeah. where the guy's on the windsurfer? Oh my gosh, it's like a funny movie where he's on like a windsurfer and he gets blown out to the ocean. And then at the end of the movie, oh, he's still on the windsurfer. Yeah, yeah. They show him at the yeah, very end. He's I'm still out all, there in like a, a storm. 
All I know is I, yeah. grew, I, I grew up on the beach, and I know that those lifeguards sometimes aren't the most trustworthy fellas, you know? No, yeah. <laughs> They're just sure. hanging. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I was surprised. They went off chasing her on a stand-up paddleboard. I was like, oh, that no. wind's ripping. I figured they were going to go out on a, a jet boat. ski or, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Baywatch or something or a right. boat. But, yeah, they're like, okay, dude, grab an extra board. We're going to go get her. Oh. <laughs> wow. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Crazy. No, it is. It's, it is. It is. uh yeah, the ocean's a scary place. That's for sure. Wow. So what else? What before we get out of here? Tell us, uh, tell us what else you, you know, maybe something else you want to mention. Anything else you got coming up? Uh, you know, anything? Uh, you got any collaborations with any, uh, n- you know, nutrition or hydration uh, outfits? Anything like that going on? Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, we, we yeah, we are always collaborating with all kinds of crazy things. Um, you know, yeah, we like. I'm a big fan of Infinite Nutrition. And, uh, they make, I think one of the coolest hydration products on the planet. And, um, you know, I bike run all kinds of distances with it. And, you know, and for me, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're not even very well known in the trail running side, which we have a huge audience for, but, but we're, we actually are doing a fun collaboration with them right now. We're sending out a whole bunch of their sample packets with all the shipments that we ship out on a daily basis. And, um, but that's, uh, that's even awesome. base salts and other good salt. And so we, we're always kind of playing around with different things. I think it's kind of almost the, the, the devil of being in this industry is that we get connected with a lot of people and I end up trying all kinds of things, you know, some different hydration, uh, I love and some are terrible. Um, but you know, as a brand, obviously, you know, we, uh, we try to stay kind of neutral there, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the cool part, you know, something that, that means a lot to me in this business is that, you know, I, I want to make sure people can, can finish anything that they tackle you know whether it's an ironman or a marathon or 5k or whatever and and uh and if you look up like hashtag orange mud you'll see we have a very big diverse mix of athletes you know from very very back of the pack they carry a ton of water because the aid stations run out of water before they get there um and you know they take twice as long as we do but yet they have to drink you know twice as much or more um and and we have people at the front of the pack but you know to me that's what's so cool about what we're doing as a brand is that i get to be a part of these people's journey to go from start to finish and even, you know, whether that's a 5k or a hundred miler, you know? So, um, so to me, those are the collaborations I think that mean more than anything are just really working with our customers and, and, uh, and just seeing, you know, being at the, at the forefront and seeing them start to do uh, maybe endurance running. And then next thing you know, they're, they're running a hundred miles where before it was 5k was the biggest thing they could do. So, so yeah, there's a lot of fun uh, that we we get to have collaboration wise, just simply with our customers one on one. That's what life's about, right? I, I love it. That's yeah, what life's about. No, it's, it, it takes an army, right? It takes a village, and uh, it does can help people, you know, <laughs> get over those finish lines. That's that's amazing. We love yeah. that. Yeah. And that's yeah, the reason why we're is. doing what we're doing. You know, we, you got to get that platform out there. Like you said, marketing's the hardest thing. You come up with these great ideas, and it's how do we get these great ideas to the people so that we can help them. That even if it's just something like you said, running a mile to running 200 miles is, you know, we're not all on that. We're somewhere on that spectrum, hopefully, but it's about getting people more healthy, whether it's movement or hydration. And I think that's something that, you know, really is, is the most important thing to think about that, you know, we're, we're all on this journey together. We got to keep going, but we got to get the word out to people. So hopefully, these two fit crazies with a microphone are getting uh, orange mud out there and hopefully people will really get on this. And I know that I, I want to look into um, the hydration pack that you were talking about because I need something for, for my Ironman anyway. 
And uh, I definitely think that little scrunched water bottle in my sports bra is probably not going to work <laughs> for long, this. It's a long way. Um, yeah, so. yeah it's, uh, it's good for shorter stuff, but yeah, not as much for long. <laughs> so how yeah. um, how can we how can we find you? Tell uh, tell uh, tell our listeners how they can find all of your products, how they can find you. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, if you look up orangemud.com, uh, you'll find us. And if you look up at Orange Mud in any social channel, you'll you'll track us down or hashtag Orange Mud. You'll track us down that way. And uh, you can always hit up our contact page. Reach out to me personally. I believe it or not, I do answer almost every single email that comes in. It's usually only my wife or uh, myself that that respond to every single customer email. And and uh, it, it's it's always comical when people are like. Oh wait, aren't you the owner? I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's there's plenty of times I've had emails multiple times, and then they like they hear me on a podcast or something. They email and they're like, "Hey, you you're the owner of Orange Mud, and you're responding to my emails." But but to me, I mean, that's you know, we it's it's my favorite part. It's why we do what we do. You know, I I I, I like to help people accomplish their goals. So um, it's something I've never. I you know, I hope I'll kind of be sad the day I hand it off, but. Uh, but yeah, so if you reach out on our contact page, believe it or not, there is a real person that actually will respond, and it's 99% of the time going to be me. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. That's awesome. I, I love that. Yeah, I respect that. I, I, that's one of the things. Like, if I had a company like yours, I, I like to think that I would also do the emails myself. You know what I mean? It's just as like that hands you on. You know, yeah, you know, it's just, uh, so it's cool. Respect. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how many people. That when they, they send even like when they send in emails or if they respond to one of our newsletters, um, you know, they respond and they uh, say, you know, I know no one's probably going to read this, but, but here's some feedback that I'd like to see that you would add in your next version or whatever it may be. Uh, or here's maybe what didn't work for me. And and then when I actually respond to them, not like two weeks later, but like when I actually respond to them, like, you know, probably 10 minutes later, um, it's it's amazing how we develop this like crazy loyal customer simply for responding, which I think is actually tragic. I think it's and, – and it, me as a consumer, just speaking from a consumer, I cannot stand it that I send emails to customers or uh, uh, companies and they never respond. No, it blows yeah. my freaking mind that I'm trying to give you my money and you won't respond. That is crazy. So, you know, we get, when we get people email in, you know, I, obviously I take every single, you know, every single one, we always respond. And, and it's just, it is truly sad that people are that excited that we actually responded. Like we're doing our job. <laughs> That's really all it is. I'm actually doing my job. Um, it's not like I'm going even above and beyond just simply by responding. But, but again, this, the industry we live in today, people are just very flaky when it comes to, uh, uh, I think so many companies are very flaky when it comes to responding, whether it's social media or email and they just kind of. Commun- I don't know. I guess communi- assume people will just always come back. Communication's a lost art, man. You know, that it, is. it really crazy. is. Well, life is yeah. about relationships. That's it. That's how they're gonna. That's, that's how they're gonna buy in. And you know what? I always say sometimes you could be selling pens, but if people buy into your cause, they will buy all your pens. <laughs> and you know, I work for a fitness company, Play Yoga Fitness, and I certify trainers and and whatnot around the country. And I always say to the trainers, I said, you know, we are a company where. I am never going to be too busy to answer a phone call or a text or an email. So I may not get to it right away, but the second that you're too busy, you kind of have lost that, that you know, that, that relationship. And I think that no one is too big or too important for that. And that's really, that's great that you have that and you have, you know, you listen to that feedback from people and that's, that's what makes you great. That's what's going to make this successful for a long time, Josh. So 
We are like super pumped, super pumped to, uh, to speak with you and to get all your products out to all of our listeners because it is very important that they know that and they'll, they're definitely going to, um, go to your pages and look everything up. We're going to pump that out on our, um, website and definitely when we launch this email, we'll put all that information out there. Anything else, Brian? Love it. Yeah, nothing. Nothing nothing more to say. Let's get to it. Love it. So, Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, party with the two fit crazies today. We really appreciate it. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You guys have a good uh, good weekend. You too. And with that said, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.